You're listening to the You're Anchor, Faith, to Church the Anchor Faith Church podcast message with our podcast. senior pastor, Earl Glisson. Enjoy the message. But tonight, I'm going to have Chase minister. Amen. Chase, when he was 21, him and his wife had only been married a couple years. They went to Valdosta to help Pastor Mark. So it's not like he just hung out here his whole time. He stepped out in faith, left mom and dad, worked the table, you know, running tables at Cheddar's, and helped start the worship team in Valdosta. You know, was there for a couple years, got that up, and then since he need to come back and did, and I'm thankful that he's back because, you know, what he does with our videos and stuff and, and how he does things here with the service, he's just a great blessing. You know, but a few years back, you know, as we were growing in our, our ministry as all, and I'm, we reproducing people constantly. I mean, I, I can look at a bunch of men right now that are training Mighty Men 318. You know, and then I got multiple people who are women that are doing the Bible studies. And then we have uh, more than just the pastoral staff, and that was for years doing Kingdom Institute. Now we've got additional people doing it, right? But we've not just had the pastoral staff minister. We've had others. Raphael ministered the other day. It was amazing, was it not? And he does our Kingdom Institute. Well, I started modeling some things Raymond did. And I said, you know, my staff is with me all the time. I mean, they hear what I, I preach all the time in leadership. They need to get in Kingdom Institute and start teaching as well. And he teaches a couple of classes, but I'm like, they need to get up here and preach a little bit. Just like Pastor Vanessa the other day when I, we were out in camp meeting, you know, she's got a lot in the tank besides just for little kids. Amen. So, Again, you know, I'm just thankful for what God's doing, and anytime you recognize anyone with a gift, uh, you want to be able to utilize them. And, you know, I get older, and so you want people to be able to, hopefully we can reproduce ourselves at a, in a younger generation and people can come and bring something. Amen? So with that being said, uh, Chase has been with us now for whatever years that is. We can't even count them. Ten with us here? All right. And I'm um, doing a great job teaching the Word. Um, anything I ask, he does, and I appreciate that. So would you give it up for Chase as he comes to minister the Word tonight? All right. Thank you. Thank you. You know, um, I just want to thank Pastor Alan Marcer for the opportunity to be up here. Um, it's such a great honor. You know, I've spoken at a couple of media conferences before, but to be up here tonight, I take it a completely different level to be able to speak at the place that I call home, to be able to speak at the church that has done so much for me and the vision I've sown into. You know, as I've grown up, people have asked me before, um, you know, being a pastor's kid, you know, how, how is it you work with your, your, your dad? Like, how does that work? And I said, well, you know, um, one thing I always do, and I had to learn real early was hats you know and so most of you guys will probably never hear me call them mom and dad because when I'm in the building here I, I tried to do my best to refer to them as Pastor Owen Pastor Marcy because I respect that position they have in my life and I know anything I'm going to give out they've sewn into me so I just thank you guys so much for the opportunity to be up here tonight it, it means a lot to me to, to get this chance you know like you said I spoke in Kingdom Institute um Oh, I guess two years now, um, I do a class on uh, Believer's Authority, and then I do uh, Purpose, which um, I just started. I love that class. I I'm real big 
on purpose and destiny. Um, you know, I've had the opportunity to speak with the youth a couple of times, and I tend to lean that way um, with destiny. And, um, you know, I'm going to be honest. Tonight, tonight, this week, I kind of struggled a little bit on what to speak on, which I don't normally do. Normally, when I'm praying about something, I get like a, I get, I get a one line, and then I'm like, that's it. And I run with it, and I'm able to build a message off that. Um, but for the first time that I've spoke, God said, you know what? I want you to go back to something you've already kind of done. And I modified it a little bit and talked about it. Because I want you to dip back into this. So tonight, we're going to talk about doubt, destiny, and the burning bush. Doubt, destiny, and the burning bush. One of the reasons I love destiny and purpose, and, and I love speaking on it, and I love studying it, and I love doing it, is because no matter where you are in life, no matter what season you're in, you have a purpose, you have a destiny, and it's always evolving. It never stops. I mean, being here tonight, like I said, such a big honor, and, and somewhere that when I was in high school, I never would have thought I had no desire to be in. I was dead set on joining the Coast Guard and, and getting as far away from Florida as possible. Wanted to move to Alaska and be a rescue swimmer. That was, that was my game plan. That is what I wanted. And then um, I met my wife, Alyssa, and everything changed, right? <laughs> so it's really her fault that, you know, I don't get to swim in cold water. So destiny's always changing, but through the course of time you go through, and I think every, at every point in our life, we get to a position, um, position where we, we ask the question or we can say to ourselves, I'm not, you know, blank enough. Whatever it is, you know, it changes from person to person, but you look at yourself and say, man, I'm not strong enough, or I'm not fast enough, or I'm not smart enough, or I'm not bold enough. Whatever it is we go through, and in, in, in every season, I think you get an opportunity to have another question come up that's like, man, I'm just not this enough. You know, whatever it is, like, I'm not enough to do this. And so that's where destiny and purpose steps in. And so tonight, we're going to get into it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I, I got quite a bit of reading to do right out the gate. But I'm setting up for something, and we're going to read it, and we're going to kind of go through it pretty quickly. But if you would turn over to Exodus 3, 1, and we're going to read all of this chapter because everything being said is very important. You know, I know sometimes we do our Bible reading plan, we get to certain sections, and we can, you know, we talk about Moses and the burning bush, like, yes, I remember that, we've done that before. And you kind of, more of a skim than an actual read through and focusing in on what's being said. I know I can have that habit before, and this particularly is being someone who is a pastor's kid. You know, I get that a lot because I've grown up. I've heard a lot of messages. I've heard a lot of different versions of the same message. And you get to things, and you can say, man, you know, like, okay, yep, Exodus, I know this one. Kind of, I'm done. Like, I've read this last year. I got it, right? But today, we're going to go through it. So verse 1 says, now Moses was pasturing the flock of, of Jethro, um, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. I will probably skip a lot of the names of these cities because that's not my, not my thing, right? I am not the city name guy, all right? And he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to this place, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in the, in the blazing fire from the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight. Why this bush is, is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he turned aside um, to look, God called to him in the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And then he said, do not come near me. Remove your sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said also, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. 
Then Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have given heed to, the cry, um, to their cry because of their taskmasters. For I am aware of, the, of their suffering, so I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a, a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place of the, um, all these ites. And now in verse 9, behold, the cry of the sons of Israel has come to me first. Furthermore, I have seen the oppression of which the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, come now, and I will send you to Pharaoh, so that you may bring my people and the sons of Israel out of Egypt. And we'll pause there for a second. So we have, got, we have Moses walk around seeing a burning bush, right? Which, you know, obviously caught his attention. Why is this bush not burning out, right? I'm going to go check it out. Walks up to the bush. Bush calls out his name. Moses, Moses, calls him out by name. Moses, Moses, he says, here I am, recognizing right off the bat, this is God, right? Here I am, I'm coming. So already, Moses is, seems pretty crazy because I don't know about you, but if you walk by, see someone talking to a burning bush, you probably walk a little bit faster away. I go downtown to St. George Street all the time, people talking to walls, and I don't assume they're talking to God, right? I got, I'm like, hey, London, get over here. Okay, we're going to go this way, right? You see this. So Moses appears to be a little bit crazy, right? But it calls him over. And what does it do? Instantly, he jumps into, hey, Moses, guess what? I know who you are, and I have a plan for you because I've heard the cry of my people. I know what you're doing, but I have a plan for you, right? But Moses said to God, verse 11, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt. God spoke destiny to Moses and instantly insecurity comes in. Whoa, who am I? Like, ah, uh, no, I don't know about this one, right? You're speaking to a burning bush that's going to tell you your plan. And you're thinking, I know this is God talking, but who am I? All right, so God spoke destiny followed right by insecurity. Verse 12, and he said, certainly I will be with you and this shall be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. Then Moses said to God, behold, I'm going to the sons of Israel and I'll say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me. Now they're going to say to me, what is his name and what shall I say to them? Right? So now Moses is giving a banter back to God. God is speaking destiny and telling him his purpose in life. And Moses is saying, well, okay, yeah, okay. But they're going to ask me, right? Has anyone, who has kids in here, right? Because I have three kids. And I know when I tell my kids something, I get about a billion questions followed up before I can get them like, just go make your peanut butter and jelly. I don't understand. Like, what is the problem? Like, what do you mean, what peanut butter? We have one peanut butter jar. It's that peanut butter jar and the same jelly you always use. Just... Is this bread gluten-free? Is it gluten-free? Yes, Luna, it's gluten-free bread. That's all we ever give you. We know you, I'm your dad. I know you can't have, like, why we have, but Moses is doing the same thing. He's like, okay, but, okay, God, you're saying go here, but they're going to ask me, like, they're going to ask me who sent me, right? Verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me. 
God furthermore said to Moses, this shall be the sign to the sons of Israel. Right? I'm going to read this kind of quick. We're going to get through this, but it's important you hear it before we go on. So the Lord said to God of your fathers and the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial name to all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to me saying, I am indeed concerned about you and what um, has been done to you in Egypt. So I said, I will bring you up out of the afflictions of Egypt to the land of the Canaanite and the Hittite and all the other ites. They will pay heed to what you say, and you with the elders of Israel will come to the king of Egypt, and you will say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. So now please let us go a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not permit you to go except under compulsion. So I will stretch out my hand and strike um, Egypt with all the, the miracles which I shall do in the midst of it. And after that, he will let you go. And I will grant you this Um, people favor in the sight of Egyptians and it shall be that when you go you will not go empty-handed but every woman shall ask of her neighbor and and the woman who lives in her house um, of the articles of silver and gold and clothing and you will put them on and the sons of Egypt thus you shall plunder the Egyptians right so why are we reading all this because we're paying attention to the fact that God is literally giving Moses a step-by-step plan look I'm gonna send you He's not going to be happy about it. I know this. You're going to say this is what we want to do. He's going to say no. I mean, this is like, I mean, if you've ever seen Ant-Man, right? It's got that Spanish man wrap-up story, right? God's saying, this is exactly how it's going to play out. I'm telling you exactly how it's going to play out. Then we go to chapter 14. Then Moses said, what if they don't believe me? (laughs) Or listen to what I say, for they may say, the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said, what is that in your hand? And he said, a staff. Then he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses fled from it. But then the Lord said, stretch out your hand and grasp it by the tail. So he stretched out his hand, caught it, and it became a staff in his hand that they may believe the Lord, the God of their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the God of Jacob is here. The Lord furthermore, verse six, said to them, now put your hand into your bosom. And so he put his hand in, he pulled his hand out. Leprosy, no leprosy, leprosy, no leprosy, right? Healed it. What is God doing? God is showing him miracles right in front of his eyes. God's saying, this is what is going to happen. This is how you're going to prove that I actually sent you. This is exactly what's going to take place. Verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, please, Lord, Lord, I have never been eloquent, which fancy word, so liar, (laughs) neither nor time past, nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. The Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth or who makes him mute or deaf or seeing the blind? Is it not I? Now then go or even I will be your mouth and I will teach you what to say. But he said, please, Lord, send this message by whomever you will. Pick anyone else. Verse 14, then the anger of the Lord burned against Moses and he said, is that not your brother Aaron the Levite? I know that he speaks fluently and moreover, behold, he is coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad it is... um, Um, his heart. You are to speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I, even I, 
will put the words in your mouth and in his mouth, and I will teach you what to do. Moreover, he shall speak for you to the people, and he shall be as the mouth for you, and you will be as God to him. See, a lot of people believe God can do something, but they don't believe God can use them to do it. Moses is walking and sees a burning bush and has a one-on-one -on -one conversation with God. Witnesses miracles, not only in front of his own eyes, but to his own body. And still questions the destiny God is speaking to him. And we sit in our chairs and think, man, if God ever called me, I'd do something. Spoke to him. Spoke to him had his own conversation and the minute destiny was revealed insecurity sets in see the enemy is always looking to use your past or your current situation to bring out your insecurities and then he uses your insecurities to cause you to doubt your destiny God spoke destiny and instantly insecurity sets in and this happens in our own self, right? We hear the Lord say, ah, oh, no, that probably wasn't God. You get that feeling, you know, uh, possessed to serve roles. You're like, man, I should, you know, I should give, I should give that whole check. Of, no, that, that was crazy. You know, that was definitely just me thinking like, that'd be like, whoa. Right? We do it all the time. We walk through Walmart, someone coughs and you're like, man, I should lay hands on them. No, that'd be weird. They're, they're coughing. They're sick. Like, whoa. That's, no, that's not. That must not be it. Right? The minute God speaks, the enemy tries to use doubt and insecurity to keep you from reaching your potential. The minute it happens, he causes you to question what it is that you're doing. And if we constantly think on our past failures and our doubts and everything we had done, then we just give a doorway to the enemy to bring it right back up. But see, God was speaking to Moses and he was telling him exactly how it was going to play out. And Moses rebuttaled with questions and was like, OK, well, well who, who sent me? Who am I going to say sent me? OK, well, well, you're OK. I'm going to say that. But then are they going to? And God had no problem with him asking questions. He didn't get angry until he told him he couldn't do it. Moses said, no, wrong guy. Pick someone else. Then God got angry. Which means God doesn't mind you asking him about your destiny. He minds you telling him that you can't do it. But see, Moses was comfortable where he was. Right? He's walking. Like, he's shepherding, man. He's doing his thing. This guy's walking. I know Pastor spoke a couple weeks around on, on disruption. Moses was disrupted. He was minding his own business. And God was like, boom, fire is like, that's crazy. That's still burning. You know, why is that still burning? Not knowing that his destiny was right there. And what does Moses do when the destiny comes? He instantly tries to find a way out of it. Why? Because he was comfortable where he was thinking, man, I'll God, send someone else. I'll keep praying that it'll work. Right? And we do the same thing. God calls us somewhere, but we're comfortable where we are. We come to church on Sunday. We sit in the same seat 
Matter of fact, most of you sitting in the same seat you sit in every Wednesday and Sunday. I know because I film and I know where most of you guys sit. <laughs> and when someone sits in your seat, you walk up and you're like, Like, you don't know what to do. Like there's not a million other seats in here. Right? But if we're not careful, we can get so caught in our comfort that we miss our destiny. When God's trying to pull us out of our comfort zone and put us in alignment with what he has called for us because discomfort develops our destiny. Find me a story in the Bible where destiny wasn't revealed and the person didn't have to do something uncomfortable to fulfill it. You look at the life of Joseph, all signs point towards, you're probably not doing something right, buddy. You're in jail. He was in jail right where God wanted him to be at that time. And that discomfort was developing the destiny inside of him. And we are in a day and age now where it's so much easier to get even more comfortable. Because Pastor Earl speaks something and it strikes us a little weird. And we think, mm, man, that's going to make me do something. That's going to make me have to get out of my comfort zone. Right? That's going to make me have to get out of my comfort zone. I don't know how I feel about that. And then we can go watch a different message on YouTube the next week. But no, God's saying, look, I'm going to pull something out of you. And it's going to require you to, I mean, I mean, it just got so much quieter in here. We were all laughing a second ago. Don't, don't, don't get too discomfortable with me now. Come on. Right. God's pulling it out of you. Now I'm not crazy fanatically into fitness. I like to work out and I've done a lot and I had a big season in my life where I work out with Pastor Mike every, every, you know, morning we woke up at ungodly hours, met at the gym that didn't have AC and it was freezing cold in there during the winter. And we worked out and every time I went home and it was a new level of pain I had never experienced before, but I knew that pain and discomfort was making me stronger. Because before I worked out with Pastor Mike, I could squat like 205. By the time I ended up realizing I didn't want to do this anymore, like I want to try something a little different, I think I was squatting like 480. And it went through a lot of pain and discomfort, but Pastor Mike pulled this potential out of me when I wanted to stop. He said, keep going. Add another plate. Oh, that was fun. Now let's put some chains on it. So as you go down in the easiest part of the motion, it's going to get lighter. But when you come back up, you'll feel it all again. Right. But that discomfort made me stronger. But yet when it comes to our destiny and purpose, we think it should be some cushy, easy process. We think that we can just sit Sunday, Wednesday, and God's going to give us our destiny and we're going to move on and sit. Yep. Okay. When Pastor asked me to speak in Kingdom Institute, it was very discomfortable to me to think I needed to get up and speak for 70 minutes. Like, that is such a long time to talk. Right? But I had to get out of that comfort zone, and now I realize 70 minutes really isn't that long. And you can get, you can get to that 70-minute mark pretty quickly if you're not paying attention. Right? But it stretched me to do something new. And so God is, is expecting us to, to do what he called. 
us to do. He's expecting us to step out into something, right? And, 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 and Moses questioned who he was. He said, God, you can't send me. And God says, look, I know who I made you. You think I don't know that you stutter a little bit? You think I didn't know that before I came here and had this conversation with you? You think I'm unaware of a situation that's going on in your life? No, I know exactly where you are. And I also know exactly where you could be. If you're willing to step out, right? Jeremiah 1.5 says, before you were even formed in the womb, I knew you. God placed destiny inside of you from the beginning. He put purpose and potential in you from the beginning. So we can't get comfortable in our destiny. Let's jump now to Judges 6.12. Judges chapter 6, verse 12. And we're going to, because I want to give you more than just Moses, we're going to talk about Gideon. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. Then um, Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? And where are all of his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did the, did the Lord not bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us to the hands of the Midians. The Lord looked at him and said, Go, um, go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of, um, of the Midian. Have I not sent you? He said to them, O Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in this city or place or country, and I am the youngest in my father's house. But the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. God spoke destiny and Gideon's insecurity came and God responded the same way. I'm with you. See, Gideon wasn't a valiant warrior. He was a judge. He was the lowest of the low. God showed up and spoke something over his life he didn't know was about to happen. Called something that Gideon didn't even know was in him. But God did. God knew it was there. He said, look, I'm going to speak destiny into your life. And doubt might come, but you know this. I'm with you. You know, like I said, I love destiny and purpose, man. I love people who are willing to step out. We always give, you know, a, a, a bad rap for, you know, you step out in the water, then you sink, right? What if I step out and sink? At least you have the courage to step out. At least step out. I'd rather die knowing I stepped out than knowing I just stayed in the boat my whole life. But stepping out requires us to get uncomfortable. Requires us to see ourselves in a way maybe we didn't see ourselves. And like I said, destiny doesn't stop at an age point. Destiny didn't end when you retired. 
Moses was not young. Destiny comes, your purpose comes, and just because you complete one task, there's another one coming. And so we can't get comfortable just because we say, well, I've done a lot. You know, I've accomplished some stuff. I still remember when Pastor O came to me and was like, man, um, it's finally time for us to, to, to get into filming our services. We, we were not early into the game of filming services, right? Tons of people have been doing this for a long time. But we at Anchor Faith Church are always advancing, but we also don't just jump into things without knowing that God wants us to do it. And we also do it with excellence. Which means we take time to make sure when we come on, it's going to be at excellence. Well, when Pastor Kane was like, man, it's time. I knew nothing about broadcast systems. Absolutely nothing. I had no idea. Matter of fact, I really only did photography and made really bad announcement videos at the time. And I only knew photography because my wife was into it and I needed to connect with her somehow. So I was like, yeah, I do photos. Let's go take photos together. (laughs) Yeah, I got this. Right? But I didn't realize God was setting me up for something bigger. And Pastor O put me in a situation where I had to step out into an uncomfortable zone of realizing, man, I'm going to give a PO. I'm going to turn this in. This is going to be the system. I, hopefully it works. You know, my research says it should. Right? The people that have been put in my life to help me say it should. And we're going to step out and do this thing, man. We're going to learn it. We're going to get out of my comfort zone of taking photos and making 30-second clips to doing something completely brand new. We're going to learn in the process. But it was setting me up for something else. It was destiny developing. And God spoke to Gideon and said, man, I'm telling you now who you're going to be. See, it's not enough for us to get comfortable and just continue to see ourselves the same way we've always saw ourselves. We have to be willing for God to say, no, this is actually who you are. I know you've been doing this for a long time, but now it's time for you to become this. I know you've been in in this profession for a long time, but I had you in this profession because I really needed you to do this. I really need you to step into this. And so... Gideon looks, and the minute the destiny was revealed, he says, no, I'm the lowest, man. You can't be looking for me. I'm not a warrior. I'm the lowest. Nobody listens to me. I have no authority. I've got nothing to stand on. You're telling me I'm going to go say something. No one's going to listen. Right? Because the devil always tries to tell us who we are based upon where we are right now. Based upon what we've done. He's like, man, the devil always comes in and says, man, that can't be you. You're not a warrior. You ain't even held a sword before. You're a judge. This isn't you. But God says, nah, see, I know what you've done. I know where you are. I know what you're used to. But if you do what I'm saying, this is what you can become. This is where I can place you. This is where I can set you in motion to accomplish what I've placed you on this earth to accomplish. 
because my kingdom will come and my kingdom will continue to be pushed. And are you going to be a part of it or not? Because not everyone might be not be called to go minister in front of big crowds everywhere. Not everyone's going to. But God has called you to do something. He's placed you in these seats tonight. Probably not the specific one because you chose to sit there because that's where you chose to sit. But he chose to put you in this place to do something. And doing that might require us to get out of our comfort zone. It's going to require us to step out into the unknown. It's going to require us to be willing to go somewhere new, to do something new. And it's so easy for us to get caught in the trap of what we're comfortable with, of what we're used to, of of thinking that we can't do it, of thinking surely God means he needs someone else to do it. That sounds like more of a pastor thing than a me thing. That sounds more like something for, for a younger person. You know, oh man, I'm too old to learn the new operating systems on Mac. That sounds like something for the younger generation. Maybe God's calling you to learn it. Maybe God's calling you to step up into it. You know, it's crazy. I'm only, I'm only 28. But I realize how quickly I've gotten out of being relevant with what's going on on social media. Like how quickly I've fallen out of what is going on. I get sent memes sometimes from um, some of my even slightly younger friends than me, and I'm like, I don't understand this. Ha, 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 LOL. That is code for, I have no idea what this means, but please don't think I don't. Right? But at every point, we realize there's something else to look into. There's something else for us to know. You know, I, I obviously do a little bit more than video. I do graphic design here, and I, I focus mainly on a lot of the current stuff, which requires me to, to look into some things. Like, man, like, okay, they're going to do this series. What is popular? right now for Gen Z, right? What is going on with them? I don't have a TikTok. Someone tell me what's going on with this, right? So I, yeah, you have to, you're forced to get out of my comfort element to, to try something new, to do something I haven't been in. Why? Because I am always going to set myself up to just do something new. Man, like I said, I'd rather, I'd rather be known for trying and failing than never trying. I'd rather have a big list of mistries than no list at all. And that's a characteristic I, I expect to continue on as I keep aging. At every point, man, I'm going to continue to push forward. Because I know God has called me somewhere now, but I'm not going to be comfortable where I am now forever. I'm not going to stay in the stage I am now forever. And I'm always looking for what's the next step. What is the next opportunity to do something else? I'm keeping my eyes open, man. God, where is it you want me to be? Is there something completely new I need to learn for the season I'm in right now? Is there, is there a completely different course I've got to take? 
am I, am I, am I, you know, if, if I send something, man, I have no problem praying about, man, God, what do you want me to do, man? Is, you know, pastor says something needs to be done in the church, man. I'm always, no matter what it is, man, we might need someone to, you know, do this. Okay, God, is this me? Is this, is this me? Why? Because I'm, I'm willing to do it. Because like I said, I've been given the opportunity to, to, to do uh, Purpose and Destiny and Kingdom Institute. And as much as I love teaching it, man, I'm still learning it as I go. And I'm still picking up on things like, man, I'm going to keep this ingrained in me because I want to continue to be somewhere else. Right. You know, like I said, Anchor Faith Church, our modern man is always advancing, always, always moving forward, always, always willing to step out. Yeah. No matter what it is. That's why we got that big crane sitting over there that hasn't been used yet because I don't really know how to use it, but we're going to figure it out. <laughs> if I'm just being honest, man. We got it, and you're going to see it soon. So be ready because it's coming because I'm going to learn a new task. Right? Because we're always looking to just better advance something, man. You know, especially in the world of technology, man, it's easy. You know, my job, just released a new camera. I'm like, man, those cameras would be way better than the cameras we got now. Those would be good. I'm always looking, man, is this one? But at the same time, I'm like, man, God, we're going to make the best of what we got. We're going to make it look excellent with what we got right now. We're ready. So I want to encourage you tonight with this, with this last little final thought. I, I'm not, I, I know I didn't go an hour. You know, I said I could go 70 minutes quickly, but I also didn't want to go 70 minutes, so I kind of sped read that first part, right? But I want to encourage you with this, man. Do not doubt the destiny God has placed inside you. Be willing to step out. Be willing to, to go further into something you didn't think you would be a part of. I encourage you, man. Sign up for Elevate. Get into an area of ministry that maybe you haven't been involved in. Find somewhere to put your foot and just start working. Just start doing something. And you're going to see God start revealing things to you. Start using you in new ways, man. Sometimes you don't even have to just like, man, I just got to get somewhere. Just put me somewhere. And if you want to be one of those people, man, just go say, wherever you need, just put me somewhere. Just, just find a spot that you need someone and put me in that spot. Why? Because I just want to be used. I just want to start doing purpose. I just want to start pushing destiny and God's going to reveal whatever the next step is as I go. But I'm not going to get caught just staying where I am, waiting for some opportunity to come. I'm going to go ahead and step into something and put my hand in something and start going. Because I know God has called me for a purpose. He's placed me where I am. I'm a child of God. And God said, man, I'm always going to be with you. You step out in my word, in my purpose, and I won't let you be by yourself. You step out and align with what my word says, and I'm going to be right behind you. And I'm going to be with you. Man, we are children of a king. We are children of a king, and God has placed inside of us purpose and destiny, and he's given you everything you need to fulfill it. Because I know exactly who you are, so if I call you to do something, I know you can get it done. When I call you to do it, I know it's inside you. You don't have to see it. You just have to step that direction. I'll fill in the rest. We can do anything God's called us to do, man. As long as we stay on his course. Let's pray.
Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com.